Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's time once again for Closing the Wealth Gap. The one show, maybe the only show that shows you how to close the wealth gap in your own life with the man who's done it for many, our wealth coach himself, Tyrone French. Hey, Tyrone. Hey, Paul Robertson. Buddy, how you doing, man? It's good to be back. It's good to have you back here. And what a timely time to talk about closing the wealth gap, because it seems like it's getting bigger, faster than ever. I'm getting a lot of emails, a lot of voicemails about closing the wealth gap now. And it's a narrative. It's a topic that's not going away. Yeah. But, but first of all, I got to say, you know, I was on a, a, a slight hiatus. Uh, and just to let people know, you know, my family got hit with COVID. Yeah, right. Uh, I don't know if you wanted to go there, but I knew what was going on. Yeah, you had a bad and, case and, of it. Yeah. And here's the thing. I mean, you know, it just well, it was one of those situations where it was around Christmas and my wife just wanted to have a small gathering of family and friends. And I said, I don't think we ought to do that. But, you know, it's been a while and people have been vaccinated and stuff. And you know, uh, you know, they're talking about the mass restrictions or, you know, they're going to limit those restrictions. So it was like, well, let's just limit it to family. Right. And lo and behold, uh, a couple of days later, we get a phone call that two family members tested positive for COVID. Hmm. And I remember it like it was yesterday. My um, my daughter uh, ended up, she was in the shower and, um, you know, passed out. She passed out uh, in the shower. Yes. And uh, I'll never forget it. You know, we took her to a room and everything. And, you know, we had the COVID tests and immediately test her and she tested positive. And then, you know, we're, you know, my wife and I, we're taking our tests and we're fine. So we got my daughter isolated and all of a sudden my wife tests positive. And I'm, you know, we're, we're you know, isolating ourselves and and, you know, I'm testing negative, negative, testing negative, but, you know, I'm feeling kind of bad. And all of a sudden, one day I tested and it, it was positive. And, you know, the good thing is that, you know, we got it all at the same time. The bad thing is that we got it all at the same time. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Who's going to take care of anybody Who's here? Who's going to take care of us? And, we, you know, we got through it and everything, um, you know, but I wouldn't wish COVID on my worst enemy. I just wouldn't. We were walking around the house like we were sloths. Yeah. I mean, we had we had enough energy to like go to the kitchen or you know go to the bathroom, but that was about it. Wow. That was and, about it. And some people breeze through and say, "Oh, it's no big deal. It's just the flu. No big deal." And others get into the hospital. I, I don't know what determines how or when. Because if it just gets into your system, it's one thing. If it starts to get into your lungs and other things, wow, that's bad news. That's, that's that's when it's really bad. Yeah. And so, I, you know, I thank God that we, we made it through. Everything is fine now. Uh, you know, for me, you know, I, I you know, communication is my way of it's, it's how I make my money. It's how I how, it's how I function. Right. And, you know, I couldn't even get through a complete sentence without coffee. You know, wow. it was again, it was it was pretty bad. Well, I know you and I talked a couple of times and you'd start coughing and hacking and everything. And I was like, oh, my God, Tyrone. Yeah, so I don't want to meet. I don't want this to be a downer or anything. I'm just saying, you know, I, you know, if people were kind of wondering what was going on and following my show. Yeah, that's what it was. You know, I was I was out with COVID. My family were fine now. I'm fine now, and you know, 
Paul, I'm back. Okay. Well, good to have you back because I'll tell you what, you know, I wasn't sure what was com- coming next here. If it was going to be long term or even more serious than that, you sounded pretty darn sick. Well, thank goodness. So, what do you think? It gave you some time to reflect, certainly, during this period of time as you looked around at this explosion of inflation like I haven't seen. Maybe in my lifetime. I remember when inflation took off in the 80s, under late 70s and 80s, under uh, 70s, yeah, 70s and 80s. Uh, first uh, uh, Carter and Carter. then and then into Reagan's, and you know inter- everything. Um, we're thrilled if we could get a mortgage for 10, 15 percent. Um, uh, thing uh, savings or 20 percent. Everything took off. I, and I'll give you one quick story, and then you can share yours. I remember my dad retired around that time, and he thought he had life handled executive with chrysler company as i said before and he made oh wow he made like fifty thousand dollars in 1970 and our house cost money back good money and a house was fifty thousand dollars and a car was five thousand dollars and he thought i'm set for life buddy i'm gonna get three four five thousand dollars a month through i think he was gonna get three or four thousand dollars a month for life if he retired been there for 40 years and suddenly inflation hit and it was a joke he said i gotta go back to work you know, it, it, what what I want to convey to our audience today is inflation is really a hidden tax. It really is. I never thought of and, it that way. Yeah. Yeah. We don't we don't look at it as that. Like, let's say if a politician came out and said we're going to raise taxes, and just like uh, George Bush, uh, first George Bush said no new taxes. Yeah. And he, <laughs> he ended up Read my lips raising and... taxes, and he was a four-term president. Right. Well, the issue is again the way you get around that is by devaluing the currency. And when you devalue the currency, what that does is a hamburger is still a hamburger. Yeah. It's the same hamburger. Uh, the car is still a car. A house is still a house. Uh, clothing is still clothing. It's just more expensive. And that's what, when you devalue, start devaluing your currency, that's what it does. It causes inflation. And if more people understood even how money is created, you can anticipate. Like, I, I think about uh, about a year ago, or at least maybe eight months ago, we started talking about inflation mm-hmm. and to be aware of inflation because it's coming and how, you know, we, you know, we were going through COVID and the government was printing all this money. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the economy was shutting down. And and again, you know, thank God, you know, people had money to, you know, to to, to isolate and to take care of their responsibilities. And they did the, uh, the child tax credit where, you know, uh, families were getting more money. Right. And but what that was doing is that it was actually watering down the currency that was already in circulation. And so ultimately what that does, it bring it makes it causes prices to rise. And that's where we are right now. We're in this inflationary period to whereas people are they're amazed that, you know, gas is, you know, five, six dollars a gallon. Uh, uh, milk is five dollars a gallon. And it's like, you know. They're amazed that, that, that this is happening. But the bottom line is that it's projected. It's, go, it's, it's, it's baked into the system to happen this way. The only difference, the major difference is that people, their, their wages don't reflect the prices that they're seeing today. Yeah, because my wages haven't gone up 10, 15, 20. I don't know what we're at now, 7, and they're projecting even closer to 10 at some point in time. This is the largest inflation we've had in, I don't know, pick some time, maybe ever, seven, 70 years, 20 years, 50 years, maybe since the 80s or 70s. Long time. 
and they're proje- and so suddenly I got to pay a couple hundred dollars more for gas, a couple hundred dollars more for food. Uh, restaurants are more expensive. Uh, everything I buy is more expensive. Where does that money come from? For me? Well, even and again, if, if more people understood how currency currency is even created, yeah, if they uh, understood how the banking system actually contributes to inflation, because in my opinion, it's the it's the federal government, but it's also the central bank that allows this to happen. Because I, I'll give you a, uh, a perfect example. Okay. Used to be a time when, let's say you had $100 and you put $100 into your savings account. Right. Well, the bank, based on their profitability and their assets, had to maintain a certain ratio, a reserve ratio of that $100 that you put in they the bank. They can't loan it all out. There's got to be something there if everybody wants their money back. Can't, so they don't have to hold you, it all, but yeah. Exactly. So when you put the $100 in the bank, that's that's no longer your money. Yeah. If it, it belongs to the bank. So that's, be a time that's an important were, point. Make make that again, because I think you're just holding it for me. It's still my money, ain't it? No, you gave it to me, and I'm going to lend it to others. And if you want it back, I, I'm going to promise you you get it. But, gee, I hope I haven't lent to uh, – I hope I can get it, the bank says. Well, this is a touchy subject because now your audio is going out of whack. I don't know if, if we're supposed to be talking about this or not today. But, <laughs> but all of yeah. a sudden, your audio is just, it's going haywire. Okay, all right. But uh, anyway, yeah, it, it's not your money. So what, what, it, what it'll show is that you have a credit or a bank credit. And so it used to be a time when the bank had to hold a certain percentage. It could be 10%. So if you put $100 in the bank, uh, they held on to $10 of that. Now, there's there's no reserve requirement. Really? The bank can lend out 100% of that money. Really? Because I thought that's what, after we had the big banking crisis in 2008, that they raised the levels, told the banks, you got to keep more of this on hand. You can't loan it all out. If something goes bad, you got to have something in reserve to back up this money. No, you, you can actually go to the Federal Reserve website, and the information is right there. Everything that we're talking about, this is not some hush-hush secret conspiracy that you know these are banking and monetary policies that are right there so again they're not required to, to hold a percentage of that and what that does it creates credit and it creates it's, it's called bank credit so you not only are you looking at the dollars that are being circulated in the economy but you're also looking at bank credits mm-hmm. being circulated which again uh which is causing boom and bust cycles which causes inflation to rise yeah and so the thing is, I mean, you know, some people look at this time as far as like this is it's, it's very stressful and things are too expensive. Whereas, you know, there's another segment of, pop- of the population that will say, well, it's not the things that are too expensive. It's just you can't afford it. So here's my question. If I can't change it and I don't understand what's causing it, how do I live with this roller coaster ride how do i buy stuff because my wages aren't tied to that was if my wages went up 10 percent prices went up 10 percent, then i wouldn't care i make more i spend more i wouldn't like it but it wouldn't be the end of the world but when prices rise for all these reasons we talked about gee we there's suddenly demand because we were all at home shut down and everybody wants stuff and they can't make it fast enough uh, because the factories were shut down and the truck lines are shut down and everything else. So there's there's a supply chain problem. They keep promising that'll go away. 
And then they pumped in trillions of dollars into the economy, extra money everybody had in their pocket, which only makes inflation happen because, as you say, devalue the currencies, too much of it floating around. All of those things I can't control. Do I just, what do I do? You have to, even, even just looking at the stock market, the stock market used to be tied to the economy. So if the economy did bad, did poorly, the stock market would would fall. Yeah. Now the economy can be totally trashed and the stock market will still grow. So what I'm saying is that you have people start, start, they really not need to start looking at the disconnect based on where we are today. So to answer your question, it used to be a time that you could get away with having uh, a, a job, you right. know, and, and, you know, the husband worked, wife stayed at home, fast forward today, uh, you know, 21st century, Husband and wife, meaning you got two income households. Got to. You can't, well, can't do it on one. Okay, so the new order, the new economy dictates that not only do you have to have that income as far as the two income and the job, but it dictates that you have to have a business on the side. Yeah, side hustle, side gig, or something else uh, bringing in your money here. You're an Uber yeah. driver or something. <laughs> and, you know, and the thing is, it. let's say if you decide to go out and get a part-time job, and forget about the... Uh, the side hustle or the side gig. Right. If you decide to get two jobs, okay, uh, so you got your full-time job, then you have your part-time job. That worked for a, for a while because prices weren't to the point to whereas they weren't prohibitive. But the thing is, when you got that second job, guess what increased? Taxes. Oh, yeah, yeah. It wasn't all Not, free. It, when, or let's say it used to be a time when people, they said, okay, well, uh, Prices are going up, so I'm going to go in and I'm going to ask my boss for a raise. You know, if I'm a valued employee, I've been here for a long time, I'm just going to ask for a raise or for hopefully get promoted to a new position. Well, guess what? The more money you make, the more money they're going to take. Hmm. So, so does that's just so does making more money or getting uh, getting a raise on your job does that solve the problem? No because you're still gonna pay more in income tax. Incrementally, you're gonna pay more in income taxes. Does it solve the problem to go out and get a second second job? No, because not only are you trading time for money, which is, and you get to the point where you don't have enough time. Can you, you can't, you don't have enough hours in the day and the energy to take on two, three, four jobs. Yeah. So how do you do this? You have to start thinking about synergy. You have to start thinking about leveraging yourself. And the best way to do that, again, is to not only have that nine to five, which, again, a nine to five is a great place to start, but it's a lousy place to finish. Mm. Wow, that's a good way to put it, because if a good place to start, because you get some predictability, some secure income and benefits, yes. benefits, whatnot. Yeah. Yes. But, but if that's all you goal got should be to transition to whereas you become an entrepreneur. See, we're living in a time where the economy is becoming more entrepreneurial. And again, we talked about this in the past. If our viewers and listeners will go back and just check out some of those shows that we did in the past, they're not going to hear they're not going to hear too much different. We're, we're pretty much been singing the same song. Yeah. You know, it's like we're we're you and I are like peaches and herb. <laughs> peaches? Who's peaches and who's herb? I'm herb. You know, we we got this hit record and we're going all around the country and all around the world singing the same record. Yeah. Singing the same tune and people expect that they want to they want to hear that song if they're if they're listening to uh, Smokey Robinson they want to hear the same Smokey Robinson song that was played in the in the sixties or the seventies. 
That's because it's nostalgic. They want to hear it the same way. Right. Well, again, closing the wealth gap has a narrative and the narr- we, we, we pretty much say the same thing over and over and over again. We just say it in different, uh, we use different vernacular for different shows. But you know what the difference topics. is? Everybody knows the words to that Smokey Robinson song. And maybe they even know the words to Closing the Wealth Gaps, our song. But I don't think anybody's been listening. If they have, they haven't changed their tune. Well, they haven't changed their habits. Right. And see, we're in a, we're in a, we're, that's where we are right now. We're in a, we're in a, the economy is, is dictating that you change your philosophy about money. You change your mindset. And I just, I hate to say it, but it's a reality that, that we're just going to be dealing with. The I call it a yo-yo economy. What that means is that you're on your own. And you, and you cannot rely on somebody coming in and bailing you out anymore and, and, and coming in and having all of these other, it used to be a time when you, you, let's say you were on a job and you hated that job. And all of a sudden you decided you wanted to quit and you were just going to go get you another job. And it was very simple today. If you quit that job, you're probably not going to find and have this, have the same standard of living that you had with that job that you, that you spent 10, 15, 20 years on. Because now you're older. Um, your value is not the same to the, to the marketplace. So you're probably not going to get the same salary or income, and you're probably not going to get the same benefits because employees or employers are cutting back on the benefits. They'd rather for you to, to have your own benefits. And yet we hear over and over again, this is the great resignation. Everybody's quitting. They're tired of, they're taking a look at their life. I'm going to do something different. I'm not waiting anymore. And so they're taking their lives in their own hands. And that means the companies are struggling to get people to fill these jobs. So they're paying more. I, I read Target's going to try and pay $24 an hour just to one-up everybody here and get good employees. Oh, it's a cycle. Say again, the, again, you made a great point as far as the great resignation and people started working from home. But the thing is, they still have that employee mentality. So when they're working from home, there's a lot of a lot of things that they have to do that they just never really factored in. You know, and now they have to manage their time. You know, there's certain things that they have to do and there's certain quarters that they have to meet in order to maintain that same income level. So, yes, you have a lot of stores that are offering a lot of employers that are offering more money. And the reason that they're doing that is because they're enticing people to leave home and come back to these jobs. Because, again, it, it feels good to work from home and to have that uh, that level of, of freedom. But you're going to see in the company, I would say before the end of this year, uh, you're going to start seeing a lot of CEOs. Uh, a lot of uh, uh, retailers that are specifically telling people, hey, look, you know, you know you're not going to have the same career path working at home that you will being in the workplace. Right. Because you, when you're in the workplace, people see you, you connect with them, you shake hands, they get to know you. There's yes. mentorship, there's bonding, there's they're aware of what you're doing. What's what's Tyrone been doing? I don't know he's at home. Career path is totally different from being in the office versus being at home. But again, we're we're in a state of flux where where things are changing. So people are starting they're going to try to figure out the ones that are that have the mindset to whereas they're entrepreneurial and they can work from home, they're not going to go back. But the ones that have that mindset as far as employee driven and 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 that that whole 
psyche of going to work and and social being social and climbing up the corporate ladder that's what that's what corporate america is 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 we uh retreading that tire for that's what they're it's going to be a huge influx and i again i would say that by the end of the year that narrative going to is going to change and a lot of people will try to go back and and have those nine to five jobs because they're just not cut out uh for that entrepreneurial that's uh, what i was going to say can but but let me again let me say this though the the economy is is geared towards uh small businesses popping up and that entrepreneurial mindset so again it's going to go back to the same ratio whether it's um uh 95 percent or 90 90% of the population are going to be you know maintaining all of the wealth and that other 90 that other 95 that other 90 percent are going to find themselves again in a situation to whereas wow you know how did i get here you know i'm, I'm still living payday to payday um, but i'm taking more of the responsibility of my health care my dental my retirement and I, you know, and I still have to have enough money to live off of. And I still have to try, if I have kids, set up set the money aside for college, you know, the, the whole gamut. So what I'm telling people is that you have to put yourself in a position to whereas you want to be in that 10 percentile as far as that entrepreneurial mindset, because those are the people that is the category that's going to ride out these storms, these boom and bust cycles every single time so here's my last question of the day then you say 10 percent of the world will make it and i think you're right and they're the entrepreneurs the the self-motivated uh, making their own path making their own money not just working for somebody else or they're making their money work for them as you always talk about too not just making more but making the money do more when you make it exactly. but is that something everybody can do or is this just baked into us? There's only 10% of us that are smart enough, strong enough, fast enough, clever enough, uh, hardworking enough, and the rest of us, it's just not in us. Well, that, that's where I disagree because it's, it, everybody can do it. But, you know, it's like what Jim Rohn used to say, what's easy to do is easy not to do. Mm. And yeah. it's easy to, to fall back into that same old, uh, that same, like um, Bob Proctor, called it a, a paradigm. And he would say a, a paradigm is nothing more than a multi multitude of habits. So you, this is something that you're going to have to, in order to, to have that change, it's something that you're going to have to pursue. It's something that you're going to have to do on a daily basis. Like a guy wrote this book called The, um, uh, the Slight Edge. And he was, what he was saying is that, you know, success compounds. And so it's something that you're going to have to do on a daily basis to whereas one day you, you, know, it, you look up and you say, well, you know what, I, I picked up 20 pounds and, you know, I stopped working out. I stopped eating right. So let me I'm going to start working out again. Well, the first time you get out there, the body is, you know, is, is fasting. It's like, no, I don't want to do this. But the second time, you know, you know, the body is this tense and it's tight. You know, it's like, I don't want to do this. But over a period of time, over the weeks, over the months, over the years, you've gotten back into that groove and that becomes the norm it's kind of like somebody's not smoking you know um, in the beginning uh it was hard to stop to stop smoking it's hard to quit but once they stopped and got into that habit maybe now they're chewing gum you know maybe you know maybe now 
you know, they're drinking, uh, you know, uh, you know, sparkling water or something like that when they get that urge. But 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 again, it's one it's 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 a habit and it's a cycle. And if you and if you understand that, that everything happens in cycles, people understand uh, winter, uh, spring, summer and fall. They understand those cycles. But even in the even the business, the economy has the same cycles as far as boom and bust uh, expansion and contraction. They're just cycles. So the same thing as far as you developing a habit. First thing, there's going to be a cue. And so from that cue, there's going to there's going to be a trigger, which is again going to trigger a, a behavior, which is going to produce a result. Mm. It's all cycles. So so give me I'm your saying, you got a you got a cycle you got a set of uh, procedures that you talk about periodically. Uh, what do you do to break a habit or create a new habit? What are yours? You got like five or six or seven steps here. Well, it, it's seven steps, and and, and what, first thing I had to do is I had to recognize or become aware. Uh, of what I was doing. And once I became aware of what was going on, I began to document, you know, what, what was happening. And so the, the first step, the, the first and foremost is that you have to know, have that thought. You have, or the, the, you can say the desire, or you can call it the word, or whatever, you, whatever topic, whatever, you know, adjective or whatever verb you want to use to it, it starts with the, that word, with that thought. From that thought, you have to hear it. And what I mean is that you have, have to become aware of the narrative that's going on in your head. Once you hear it, then you have to, you, you take on a, there's a choice. <clears throat> you either believe something or you disbelieve it. I choose to believe because again, just based on my attitude and being positive, these are certain things that's, that's gonna help me in, in, as far as my lifestyle, as far as the goals that I've set for myself. So I, I don't see myself as having a defeatist attitude. When I if I, if I if I have that thought and I can see it, then I believe that I can achieve it. So that again, once you believe and you make the decision to believe, then you have to speak. You have to speak that word, meaning that just like that narrative, you have to speak it over and over and over again. And what that does, it reinforces your belief. And Napoleon Hill called it auto-suggestion. Hmm. And from that book, from that spoken word, even the Bible says the same thing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But out of the word, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. What that means is that what's inside of us, we can speak and eventually we will begin to act out on that belief. In the beginning was the word, and then the word became flesh. The word became flesh. So how does it become flesh? By following these this, this simple, these simple steps that we're doing every single day unconsciously, but subconsciously, it, it's a pattern that's, that's baked into all of us. We just have to become aware that it's happening. So once you get into activity, once you get into the action, then what's going to happen is you have to, it's going to reinforce whether or not you want this thing. So that's where persistency comes in or being persistent. It's just like getting to your car and saying, when well, I want to go to the grocery store, I want to go shopping. You get into your car and all of a sudden you have a desire or an, an idea to do something else. It's going to take you off track. Or there's too many cars on the road or it's raining or something else. And I go, I'll do it later. Whatever it is, but you put it off. And so, but when you have that persistence, meaning that 
you need to go to the store and you're going to take care of this because it's going, you need to put food in your cupboard. Then now it becomes a goal to where something to whereas you know you have to persist until you do that. And again, we do it every single day. I don't know if you're sitting in, in, in you know, I'm, I'm in my office. I don't know if you're in, in, in Irvine. And, I'm in know, Irvine studio. here. Yeah, UCI, right? UCI. But you had, you had to leave your house and you kept going until you got to UCI. Right. I had to leave my home and I kept going until I got to my office. And my, so that's what persistence is. We don't, we, we tend to just throw words out there and throw terms out there without understanding the meaning and the value of that word. Well, I say that all the time. We, we, we talk about things, but do we really do them to really listen? That's so why I said people have heard your tune before and maybe they even know the words of the tune, but they didn't change their tune. They don't sing a different song. They haven't changed their act. So what do you say to people right now have heard this song before and more than ever they're going, man, I wish I had done something, but it's too late. I can't do it now. I'm, it's too late. Inflation's taken off. I missed the opportunity. I should listen to Tyrone. I was listening, but I wasn't learning. What do you tell them? Is it too late? It is never too late. It's, and that's, that's the good news. It's never too, it's never too late. You can start from where you are right now, having a determined attitude of saying, you know what, I'm gonna make this happen. What people miss is that they don't understand the process, they don't understand the steps. That's where you know, a coach will come in. That's where a certain confidant will come in. You know, We have pastors, we have teachers, we have professors. These are, again, words of, of just individuals that are there to guide us and help us on that path from point A to point B. But the point is, you have to know where you're going. You're the one that has to determine, this is where I am and this is where I, where I wanna be. Uh, what synergy or who do I have to connect with? What mastermind group, uh, what associations do I need in order to make this happen? Because everybody, whether you really accept it or not, everybody is manifesting in their lives every single day, which is which is again uh, the 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 one of the steps in the process based on manifestation. Everything is manifesting. The clothes that you're wearing is a manifestation. At one at one point, it was an idea. The car that you're driving was just an idea. It's just that it went from the sketch to material reality. It went from energy to matter. So if somebody wants to take an idea to change their life and manifest to turn it into reality, can they do it on their own or do they need a coach, a guide, a Sherpa to take them up the mountain here? You know, success leaves clues. And, you know, the best way to do anything is to find somebody that's already done it. Yeah. And then just ask them, how did you do this? And they're going to tell you, oh, you know, I did this, 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 and this. Uh, even if you don't have that association, you can always pick up a book. You know, there, there are tons of self-help books. There's, there's some, there are tons of books out there that will give you the direction that you need, uh, to, like I said, to go from point A to point B. But somebody's got to hold your feet to the fire. Somebody's got to hold you accountable. Did you really do? I can tell you all day long, like you've been singing this song all day long, but unless somebody really holds you accountable, did you do it? Did you take that first step? Okay, well, then let's try again. Let's try again. That's why you need – that's why all athletes need coaches. It isn't because they don't know how to do it. They need an outside perspective. They need somebody with a bigger, different perspectives to see what they can't see. And they need somebody to say, 
hey, I don't want to hear it. Get out there and do it again, again, again. It's it's there's nothing, pushing. There's nothing wrong with failing, Paul. There, I mean, you you started and you 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 know you got on this path and all of a sudden you failed. But well, so what? So but, you may have you know most most entrepreneurs and business owners, you know they they you know they they failed over and over and over again. Maybe they had ten ideas and you know one of them was successful, but, but that one that one idea changed their entire life but you know what they didn't do they might have failed but they didn't quit and that's what most of us do we quit losing weight we quit somewhere along the way and that's why we it isn't just failure that stops you it's stopping to get up again but remember think about what i just said i was talking about entrepreneurs that failed and they had 10 different things and that one thing they never quit exactly so that failure and quitting are two totally, two totally different things. And conversations. We think, right. Well, I'm forcing we got to quit this one because we've run out of time. How do people reach you if they want to not quit, if they want to succeed, if they want to finally take that action that they've been thinking about and dreaming about and turn it manifested into a change in their life? How do they start? Easy to do. Just go to TyroneFrench.coach. That's it. TyroneFrench.coach or... I have an app. Everything that we're talking about, as a matter of fact, my podcast is literally on my app. If you want to listen to it over and over and over again, just go to TyroneFrenchApp.com. TyroneFrenchApp.com if you're on the website. Or if you got your phone, just text Tyrone French to 36260. Tyrone French to 36260. And what do I get? I get an app on my phone that gives me what? Access to the content that you create. Uh, the uh, other uh, community of uh, people that you've built, advisors and ideas and stuff, and you? Do I get any contact with you? You can you can have direct contact with me. You can have my email address. You, we can set up Zoom appointments, personal phone calls. You can have uh, access to uh, to my wellness platform. You're gonna access, have access to my newsletter. Uh, you're gonna have access to videos, articles, uh, and other companies. That again, let's say you know you're interested in doing a living trust because now you're focused on generational wealth. Well, I have companies literally at my on my app that you can go to their website and get information on. Whether you do business with those companies or not, they're going to give you the information that you need. So now that you can ask intelligent questions. So you mean I don't just get a coach? I get a whole team. You get an entire team. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, thank you. I, you know, I hate to admit that you were right, but you were right. You've been talking about this for a long time. You've been talking about how inflation is going to take off, and it has big time in a way I haven't seen in a long, long time, and it's got all of us scared. But here's the thing, Paul. This is not a scary time for wealthy people. Yeah. This is the best time. This is the best part of the cycle. It's the best part of the cycle. And that's, again, the rich are getting richer and the poor. And I should say the middle class are becoming the working poor. Because all their assets that they bought when houses were cheaper, when stocks were cheaper, when uh, bank accounts, uh, whatever, all of this is now paying off big dividends, big increases. And, and again, it's not that things are cheaper. It's just the money has been devalued, which is part of the monetary policy. Well, all, you showed me something once and I'll end with this, that during the pandemic, 
when the rest of the world is suffering and people are trying to struggle how they're going to pay their bills, no jobs, can't get out, can't get anything, the richest people got richer. Yes. Dramatically yes. richer. Uh, the uh, Jeff Bezos and others, dramatically richer. Elon Musk, dramatically raised a lot more money. We talked about this, and again, that's just a part of the cycle. It's just that and if, if people go back in history and look at empires, they've all followed the same track until another empire rises up. And so you have to have this social uh, upheaval, uh, all of this division, because just like if you, look, even if you just look at the Roman Empire, same thing. Currency was debased, monetary devaluation. Uh, the empire stressed itself too, too thin because so it, it couldn't protect itself because it takes a lot of money to, to maintain an empire. Oh, yeah. Like you have to, a military to, to guard all those bases, to maintain that. You know, so again, that adds to inflation and monetary devaluation. It's a cycle. It's a cycle. And if you understand history and look back, you can pretty much anticipate What's getting ready to happen? Well, I want to get on that cycle and start pedaling along. I don't want to just stand on the side and watch it pass me by and keep saying, oh, man, I missed it. Oh, man, I got to do something. Oh, man, I can't make it. All right, thanks again. How, one more last time. How do they reach you? TyroneFrench.coach. TyroneFrench.coach. Okay, Coach. Well, um, I hope they check out not just you but your whole team and I look forward to hearing what you're going to predict next because you've been right on, spot on, right on the money all along here. Thanks for uh, sharing that, uh, that, that foresight with us, and hopefully we'll learn. We'll listen somewhere. Well, thank you, Paul. But, again, I want to share this. When I was a teenager, I used to listen to music all the time, and going back to that theme as far as, the, you know, Smokey Robinson and Temptations and things. And, but the thing is, it wasn't until I got older and became mature and a little bit wiser that I really understood what they were talking about, yeah. what, they were, what they were singing about. I used to groove with the melody, and that's what got my attention, but it was the words that had the most impact. And we never listened to the words. We just listened to the tune. Well, listen to the words, take action, and uh, keep coming back each and every week as we continue to talk and share Absolutely. the words and the wisdom here of uh, one Tyrone French. Thanks for sh joining us today here. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. That's our show for this week, Closing the Wealth Gap, the one show, the only show that shows you how to take control of your financial future. Right here in North County's only community radio station, OCTalkRadio.net.